2: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out.
0: What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 470, the first one in the new generation, the fourth official generation of Xbox... It is November 17th, 2020, as we record this. The usual crew joining you, Ryan McCaffrey, alongside Brandon Tyrell.
2: Hello, good morning.
0: Destin Legary. Bam, hi everybody. And a very busy Miranda Sanchez.
1: Hi, hello. Excuse me if I look exhausted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just hammer away on that mechanical keyboard before the before we recorded today. Got to do it. You know, it's uh, yep. it's that time of year. People need their game help, their game guides, and you and your oh, team yeah. are hard at, hard at work at it. So
1: We are. Please use our guides. Thank you.
0: Yes. Yeah, if you get stuck, if you need tips, whatever it is, Miranda's team has got you covered with all the biggest stuff. Uh, so real quick, I want to go around the table. It's been a week now. How are you guys liking your Series X and living with this thing? Have you already put your Xbox One X away? Let me go to Destin first on this and, and uh, check in on, on your next-gen experience.
3: I like it a lot. I, I, I probably never play my Xbox One X again. Like, everything works on the Series X. So what? besides, like, for doing analysis or work-related things, I don't think I could see a reason that I would be utilizing that console again in the near future. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. I really like how fast and snappy everything is. It's working well, and I'm very, very happy with the console.
0: Brandon how about you have uh, any any problems are you have you have you uh, shelved the 1X at this point where are you at
2: No I I've always had a lot of Xbox consoles in my house cuz I buy one for myself and then work sends us one for work so yeah. I have two Xbox ones and I have the same situation with the Series X right now where I have my work review unit right here and then my personal one showed up and I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. So my biggest problem right now is figuring out what to do with my One X's and then where to put my Series X's. I usually have one in the living room, one in the bedroom, but I'll have one in my office as well. Um, one thing I really, really love about the Series X though, I don't know if you guys have been blown away as I have, but turning it on takes like half a second. I know, I'm still blown yeah. away by the fact I press the button and literally a second later, the login screen pops up on my it, screen. I, Blown it away, takes man. longer.
0: Yeah, it for me. It takes longer for my TV to auto turn on when it detects yes. the HDMI signal, and the console's already there, ready to go.
2: Yeah, um, I'm still using my One X though because Apple TV just launched their new app on the Xbox uh, when the Xbox Series X came out. So yeah. I'm watching, watching Ted Lasso, and it is very good, and I enjoy the Apple TV app now. Well, Wait, isn't that app's not on the Series X yet? I don't know if it is. I, I honestly, I didn't plug in my Series X yet into my TV area. It's still on the right. Xbox One because I honestly don't use the TV in the living room a whole lot. Yeah. Um. So I just downloaded it on the One X. I imagine it's also on the Series. Yeah, I think X. it is because yeah. You know, it was timed alongside the release of the console. It's so. in the Microsoft Store, so I'm, I'm yeah. sure you can download it on any of the consoles.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Miranda, how go how goeth your new generation
1: experience? I- love the controller i've really enjoyed using it um i've been using it a lot just for getting guide stuff done actually and i've also picked up destiny again because it's that time of year yay and so it's been <laughs> a lot of fun getting back into it and again this controller is just super solid um my xbox one x is gonna get retired to my bedroom i've going to replace my original xbox that i've had since launch so it's kind of fun seeing it get this place and i'll probably put it Um, It might go to the closet. It might be like the sad Toy Story moment when it's like, oh, fine. (laughs) You will be up there gathering dust. I don't know. That or I might send it to a family member. I'm not too sure yet, but I am super enjoying it. It's so speedy. I'm mostly still just tinkering around in the settings, though, and finishing up some guides.
0: I hear that. Yeah, I I officially retired my 1X uh, over the weekend. I had finished transferring over the things I wanted to move over and there's nothing else that I needed from it. So it is, it it was for the first time in years, it was removed from that, that shelf behind me and and put away. And I do not anticipate uh, busting it out at Really, I, ever again? Did you,
2: did you give it the full I, honors funeral? A
0: Viking funeral?
3: Yeah, somebody threw a fire on and burned it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't do
2: that. I imagine
3: you like goodbye, old friend, and then set it off into the <laughs> <place just>,
0: on- <laughs> right, like you set my funeral well. loving, yeah, lovingly. <laughs> no, it was good. Hey, when I first got the the one X, I didn't have a 4K TV yet, so I was I was a, you know you taste taking advantage of it, but not full advantage of it. So, you know, it's uh it feels good to to have the full 4K setup now with the Series X and it is good stuff. Uh also good is seeing what Cyberpunk 2077 looks like on the Xbox. All the footage we've ever had so far, of course, has been from PC. And uh we got just today as we record on Tuesday, a surprise Night City Wire special bonus episode that that CD Projekt Red put out that's just 10 minutes of gameplay of a mission, the same mission, cutting back and forth on an Xbox One X and on a Series X in compatibility mode, not the next-gen optimized, full-up, ray-traced edition yet. But um, did anybody have a chance to take a look at that yet by chance? I saw Ooh. a little bit of it. Yeah. I watched
1: all of it twice. Miranda,
0: Miranda, what? So, what? What did you think of uh, a how it looks on the One X, and B uh, j- even how it's running on the Series X without full optimizations?
1: It definitely there, there's a difference there for sure. It looks like the combat was a little little clunky, maybe on the, but maybe not. I think I, I, I it's hard because you don't have a good comparison. Yeah. Uh, to the Series X, because they actually didn't show any Series X combat. They only just showed you walking through Night City, which I was a little bummed about because I thought if like you're trying to really show off like what this can do, even with just like that uh, compatibility mode, you want to show off that combat and see how much more smooth it is going to be. And it, it seemed good. I mean, you could definitely see the vibrancy that changed between the two systems, and I'm sure that'll only improve with the full next gen optimization. And I am bummed that it's going to come sometime next year nebulously sometime next year which you know it checks out given the fact that this game got delayed so much right but i'm glad we still at least got our first look on console like what that's going to be like so i am worried if you're going to play this one on original xbox one i will say that yeah, yeah. but if you have a 1x or at least um series x or series s you'll probably be fine
0: and then Destin, you've you've got an eye for this stuff. You've been doing all of our graphics comparison analyses across mm-hmm. Gears Five and Spider-Man Miles Morales. So did anything kind of jump out at you? What did you think of of that 10 minute video that they put out?
3: Yeah, I'm taking a look at it now. Um I mean, it's early, so I won't comment on some of the some of the negative things that I saw, really, because I got a lot of crap for doing that on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but there's some minor things that are probably still being tweaked. Uh, the game looks great on either platform. They do a lot of interesting things to make sure that... Uh, game, like, developers will do a lot of interesting things, and I found this out with Spider-Man, to optimize for the 1X versus the Series X or current gen versus previous gen. Um, and uh, some of the stuff that you notice here, like... There's more reflections in the puddles. There's fewer on the One X versus the Series X, mm-hmm. which uh, which is interesting seeing there aren't really next-gen enhancements uh, per your note there, Ryan. Right. Uh, but it's still noticeable. A lot of people commented on it looking muddy uh, just within, within our internal groups, but that might be more due to compression yeah, of too. the video yeah. than, the, than the actual you know, gameplay that we're witnessing. Uh, They also drove by like really slowly. Um, I I think they've, probably done the best thing that they can to make sure that it's running the best that it can on the one x versus the series x i really want to get in and where it gets really interesting is when you're able to go to one spot and look at it on a previous generation console and then look at it on a next gen console Mm -hmm. and that's what that's like our first pass for our old school sort of style graphics comparisons and when you're looking at them side by side uh that's where we're going to find some some really really interesting stuff
1: i will say that that's, sorry, uh, that's what I was excited for. It's like, I want Dustin's comparison because this isn't doesn't feel like the right comparison that I would have wanted from this.
3: <clears throat> yeah, they, they kind of jump between scenes that are hard to correlate. Like, yeah, he's driving a car, but then he's driving a car like in a fairly different location. So yeah i want to get in i want to see exact locations like that big skyscraper in the distance is the draw distance as far on the 1x and the series x like right now i'm watching about one minute 21 in there's no cars on the road and then he jumps to an internal location then we jump back to driving on the series x and and there are a few more vehicles on the road in the segment that we're watching but i don't know if that's scripted if that's a mission lots of questions actually arise from seeing this uh, have, have they limited uh, pedestrians? Have they limited traffic? You know, and you know, I'll be able to dive in more once we get more access to the game. But yeah, and and just pretty, to finish up, compelling so, so far
0: to to Miranda's point, this seems like a game that that yeah might not this one might sting if you're on an Xbox One S or an original Xbox One, uh, much in the same way that at the beginning of the. Now, last generation, the Xbox One generation, uh, Destiny—you'll remember Destiny on the th- on on the 360 <laughs> yeah. and uh, Shadow of—I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. I'm, uh, uh, but Shadow of Mordor, uh, whichever one of those two came out that at that point in time, it was it was a decidedly not as great experience on the 360 as it was on the Xbox one, but we'll see. We don't, we finally don't have long to wait. We're about what, three weeks out from yeah. cyberpunk 2077. Uh, all right. And real quick, before we get going with the news, a reminder to send in your Yappa questions for the loot box. Again, you don't have to make a Yapa account, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, discuss, uh, maybe one I'm leaving out all those. You can just sign in with leave a video comment for, and we will feature you on the show. So just leave it on this Episodes uh, article page, which just Google IGN Podcast Unlocked 470, and you'll find it. Scroll on down just above the comments, leave us your Yappa comment, and we will uh, hopefully see you on a future episode. All right, news time. Uh, First story this week, big story Microsoft expecting Series X and S shortages to continue a good bit into 2021 through the first quarter, in fact. Uh, speaking at the Jefferies Interactive Entertainment Virtual Conference, which is quite a mouthful, and uh, with a tip of the cap to seeking alpha for the transcription, Microsoft's chief technology officer, Tim Stewart, was asked about resupplying after Series pre-orders sold out and explained that demand is huge right now, adding, quote, frankly, gaming is just exploding, which I saw a lot of people kind of taking issue with that quote, like, what do you mean just now? You know, I think he's just kind of referring there to this year, like there's been a spike with with the the quarantine and things. Uh, so the he says, I think we'll continue to see supply shortages as we head into the post holiday quarter. Uh, blah blah blah, and then when we get to the second quarter of the year, which is Microsoft's Q4, but who cares? Uh, m- meaning April, the April to June quarter, says all of our supply chain continuing to go full speed heading into the pre-summer months. So uh, he says, we'll have supply cranking over the next four, four, five, six months. And that's when I expect to really see that demand profile start to be met, which will be really, really great. Uh, and that's pretty much that. So guys, this seems like good-ish news for Microsoft. I mean, it's never great if you're leaving sales on the table, but it's good if you have demand. Uh, but maybe not so great Brandon Tyrell, if you are a gamer trying to get your hands on a Series X or S console.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, it's hard that you, there's not a whole lot to unpack in this one, right? It's just shortages of, of supply. So, <clears throat> unfortunately, people are still going that route of buying up consoles they can and trying to sell them on secondary markets. So, please don't fall for that. Um, but, you know, just, New new supply is coming, so we just have to wait and kind of wait for uh, all of that stuff to be doled out. And unfortunately, there's not a whole lot you can do outside of just keep trying.
0: Miranda, we do have in-house ways for people to to try and uh, take advantage of those stock updates as soon as they refresh.
1: Yeah, so if you follow IGN Deals on Twitter... You're going to know when those concerts are back in stock, uh, which I am also following because I wanted to get an Xbox Series S for my twin sister for Christmas. And I'm just kind of like, dang it, (laughs) I might not be able to. (laughs) So I don't know. um, You know, it's it's unexpected for sure, because I think before this, Microsoft was pretty confident. It was like, oh, we've got stock, we'll be good. And then maybe not. So it is a surprise, but it's good to see, obviously, that this is taking off pretty well, but I, I feel I feel for all the people out there who are like, oh, I'll just get one after pre-order, it'll be fine, and still doesn't have one. So,
0: yeah, and and just for a little historical context, which will be a running theme of of the next couple of stories that we're talking about, uh, if you think back seven years ago, the Xbox One never really had a demand problem. You could pretty much get one whenever you wanted to get one. Now the the three hundred and sixty absolutely had a big supply problem. Uh, the it was it was quite tough to get, as I recall it, because I was working at OXM at the time. I want to say it was through about February after its November launch that it was almost impossible to find. You just really it was very tough to get a three sixty for those first three months. And obviously, we know how well the three sixty did and how relatively not as well the Xbox one did. Uh, so it's that's not to say that just that alone, just the, the launch demand and supply alone are are going to be indicative of how the console does in the long term. But it's at least you'd rather you'd rather have the situation that the series X and S have, which is too much demand, not enough supply, than have an Xbox One situation where, oh, that thing's out and okay, they're in stock at Best Buy? Sure. I guess just go over and get one if you want one. So uh, it's a good start for Microsoft. Uh, Real quick, before we get to our next story, which is also Xbox Series X and S related, we've got a quick word from our sponsor. Be right back right after it. This week's podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, Nord VPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is unlocked without the e that's n-o-r-d-v-p-n dot com slash u-n-l-o-c-k-d and that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan and best of all there's no risk with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the e
4: hey there it's rachel ballinger and i am thrilled to invite you to rachel uncensored my podcast where i get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics from personal stories to hot button issues. We cover it all new episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me. You won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel uncensored.
0: This now, speaking of sales of the series X and S, uh, Microsoft in a, I know will stun you to know that Microsoft says they're doing great. Uh, Unfortunately, they don't offer any concrete numbers to back that up. So Liz Hamron, who runs the Xbox Series hardware program, announced in a blog post this week, quote, thanks to you, the launch of the Xbox Series X and S is now the most successful debut in our history. While we miss the emotional spark of being together with you in person, it was incredible to celebrate a new generation of gaming with the millions on our celebration live stream and everyone who participated in our global launch across 40 countries. Your support and what you accomplished in the first 24 hours of launch inspire us and demonstrate the connective power of play is more important than ever. Uh, they note more new consoles sold than any prior generation, with the Series S adding the highest percentage of new players for any Xbox console at launch more games played 3594 in total spanning four generations setting a record for the most games ever played during an Xbox console launch uh, and next gen means more new ways to discover and play 70% this is probably the i think the most relevant in number in here cuz i think i think most of the rest of this is kind of just pr fluff and i want to hear from you guys here but 70% of series x and s consoles are attached to new and existing game pass membership so seven out of every 10 new xbox series consoles sold are have a game pass subscription active on them uh moran let me go your way first here what do you make of this of this uh announcement by microsoft
1: first good on everyone for getting game pass because it only just makes the most sense really you just get that huge library of games um, second i agree that it's kind of hard to really wrap your head around like what this actually means because if you're comparing to the xbox one launch i god i hope it was better <laughs> <laughs> So yeah great um and i think it's it's good to hear obviously again we we're just talking about availability right and how so many of the consoles are hard to find now um but i would like to have those firm numbers just to kind of get a sense of how many people actually did get consoles um but I guess, like again, the only real big takeaway, as you mentioned, Ryan, is probably the Game Pass subscription yeah. quote.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, I think I think yeah, I think Brandon, 70, go ahead. sorry, I think a seventy percent conversion rate is like astronomical, right? It it is as good as you can expect for new consoles, and it's sort of to Microsoft's good credit um, that that service has become sort of what it is now. You know, it, it is. Now something that is undeniably a good value, a good deal. It's arguably the best value in gaming right now, I would say. Um, and it just goes to show that if you create an infrastructure, right, that supports players with good value, that you can have a self-sustaining, you know, service. Because you know those those game pass subscriptions are going to continue to pay dividends month after month after month. So um, the fact that you are selling a game pass subscription on seventy percent of your consoles tells me that Microsoft is set up to do really, really nicely this generation. And, it you know, this is just the beginning of it. It's going to become more attractive the the longer we go. And and
0: speaking of that, not only uh, EA Play is now in there. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, a game that came that close to getting (laughs) my, it was probably like my number two choice for game of the year last year. I ended up voting for Control, which won for IGN. Uh, And then the other thing, too, Actually, didn't get a chance to mention this last week. I'll throw it in right here because it's uh relevant. You get a, a one-month free trial to Disney Plus now as part of your Game Pass okay. membership. So you can watch The Mandalorian right now, even if you you know if you haven't had Disney Plus to this point. So that's just yet more nice value being thrown in as a part of that. Uh Destin, mm-hmm. your take on this and the Numbers or lack thereof, and the things Microsoft is saying about this launch.
3: Well, it was my understanding, because they tweeted about this and such also, and uh, there's been a lot of just talk about this particular topic. Does this include the Xbox 360? So it outsold the 360, correct? Like it's the best console launch in their history.
0: Yeah, I was going to get to that. But yes, uh, the the th- one of the points I was going to make, which I'll yeah. I'll throw back to you here is, so the Xbox One obviously it's troubles at launch in particular are well documented but it did not have a global launch and neither did the 360 so mm. this is microsoft you know doing a global launch for uh, effectively i think yeah the first time because i don't think the original xbox was a global launch either so yes so that that is good context
3: for this conversation yeah i i it's astronomical it, it must have done phenomenally well because the 360 was like the console that everybody wanted at that time, and I think it came up before the PS3. Do you remember? Right? A year, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, yeah. so it, it
0: was the thing to have. It was the only next-generation console for a year.
3: Yeah. So the fact that this is outperforming that period in time and that console is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, uh, kudos to them and. They know that they're going to have console shortages into 2021. Referencing our previous story, <laughs> they're doing great. This is awesome news for Xbox. Uh, people always do the comparison to you know the competition, but you know what? Everybody's winning. No matter yeah. how you got it. Very true.
2: Yeah. That's a really good point and one I wanted yeah. to bring up. I know it is entirely too early to start talking about this yet. But this is the first time, you know, really since the 360. And I, I adopted the 360 later on in the cycle. So I wasn't there for, you know, that first year. Um, I, I think I came in towards the end of the year. But this is the, this is really the first time in recent memory that I can, I can think of where I feel like Microsoft's console, the Xbox Series X and S, and Sony's console, the PlayStation 5, it feels... R- very like there's parity there it feels very yeah. close it's like one or the other and and this is based not only on like sales and interest but also like reception on you know social media on our own internal traffic that we monitor um you know there's there's a lot of interest for the ps5 obviously but there is i would say an equal or a, a um a uh, a noticeable amount of interest for the xbox series x that i feel hasn't been there in five years i don't know yes. if you guys feel the same way but it it almost feels like yeah pick which one you like more because there is that argument to be made they both do different things but they do them equally does that yeah. make sense yeah, yeah you exactly go ahead miranda
1: i just don't want to forget like how important it is that they have the xbox series s as well yeah. although it doesn't you know do as graph it's not as graphically powerful as the series x but that's still just like such a nice way to get into the xbox ecosystem or even just to have game pass like if you don't have a super strong pc but you want game pass because you like somebody doesn't have something that's comparable to that right and i really feel that whenever i play on my ps5 it's like oh i want to play this old game but i can't
3: but miranda they actually had a note to your point on the series s that it uh had more new users on the Xbox platform than any other Xbox platform, which was really, really cool to see. And that's exactly why, you know, pre-launch I'm like, the S is a sleeper hit. Like this thing is going to tremendously help them. And, uh, then we got the, the clarity from Microsoft saying, Oh yeah, it did.
0: Well, and and that also, that's what the S is designed to do to bring in new, people into the ecosystem at a, at that more affordable price. So it's, it is its mission is successful thus far.
1: Right. And I think that's fantastic. And they are still trying to give it as much um, graphical power as they can and frame rates. Like they're, they're still trying to bring you somewhere into that next generation without having to pay the full price. And especially again, not everyone cares about 4k. I know some people are like, <gasps> you know, grasping their pearls, but you know, <laughs> some people just don't like, like my twin sister. It's like true. So A lot of people don't. There. Well, what's, she
2: doesn't, what, she doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, well, what's, what's crazy is, to your point exactly, the Xbox Series X is the shortest line between where you are and, like, a thousand games on Game Pass. So, yeah. like, it, it actually, it reminds me a lot of, like, back in 2006, 2007, when the 360 and the PS3 were were sort of vying for control, and then the Wii came out, and there were shortages everywhere, uh, and everybody had an Xbox or a PlayStation but everybody had a Wii, right? If so, if you're okay. if you're everybody's number two console, you are the number one console, right? Yeah. So yeah. it it's just it's such a it's such an awesome um, I don't know it's such an awesome strategy to see the big manufacturers come out with smaller, more budget, more affordable versions of their consoles, so that you don't have to choose between one or the other. Like if you are a PlayStation Five gamer and and you buy a PS Five, you can also get a Series X and Game Pass and have like an insane amount of games to play immediately.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I'd still, the, the, the journalism degree holder inside of me still, still looks at this with a little bit of a skeptical eye. Like I'd love to have concrete numbers here because, you know, like Liz pointing out more 3,594 different games played spanning four generations. Well, of course, because of the backwards compatibility, so of course there're going to be more games played on the the series than on the previous generation consoles. Now, that's not to take away from the incredible accomplishment that is backwards compatibility. They are leading the industry there, but it's like but that's, you know, just for context there is that. And then no. it, we talked about the fact that the the neither none of the other Xboxes had global day one launches and this one has, which again is an incredible testament To the entire Microsoft team, from you know supply chain, like everybody, for pulling that off in a in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, Because again, with without making it a console war thing, even Sony didn't globally launch the PS Five. The PS Five is uh, is out in Europe. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I think it's out like soon, or it might have just hit. I think it's or this week, but it's not a global launch. So staggered release. uh, So yeah, I mean, major credit to Microsoft, but at the same point, I would hope they sold more consoles <laughs> because they were than previous generation Xboxes because they were in way more countries. So would love to have the concrete number. Uh, you know, they've they've certainly you know you would hope that these things are good because of when you put these things in context. But nevertheless, uh, it seems like Microsoft is in a good position moving forward, even if they're they're not going to quite be able to meet. The demand with supply for another, you know, quarter and a half or so. Uh, we'll see. We'll obviously be keeping an eye on the stock situation and again, as Miranda noted. Follow at IGN Deals on Twitter. They'll keep you up to date to the minute on when stock is refreshed at various retailers. Uh, okay, this is probably gonna end up being another large chunk of the show because the this the Bethesda topic. A, won't go away because we still, it's a huge topic. And B, we've got a, I think, an interesting update here, again from Microsoft's CTO, Tim Stewart, on the same event. He's commenting on Bethesda and the exclusivity of those games going forward. Quote, What we'll do in the long run is we don't have intentions of just pulling all of Bethesda content out of Sony or Nintendo or otherwise. But what we want is we want that content in the long run to either be first or better or best or pick your differentiated experience on our platforms. We will want Bethesda content to show up the best on our platforms. So... Destin how do you
3: parse how how are you uh interpreting this? I mean like Microsoft's going to do whatever they want. They spent a lot of money on Bethesda. The deal's still not done so they're not commenting on their plans specifically. Right. But um yeah, the Xbox <laughs> is going to get some stuff <laughs> no matter how you cut it. That that's what's going to happen. Period. Like I I just sort of like the whole Bethesda thing. Of course, this is going to happen. I don't know why people are surprised. That's my reaction to it.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's the debate here is interesting because when the deal first went through, a lot of people, including us, were sitting around talking about how well they things might not automatically just be cut off from Sony and and Nintendo. And then we kind of yeah. moved. There were some other little comments. We kind of moved back to, well, maybe everything is going to be exclusive. And now there's this. So, Miranda, what what do you make of this comment from their chief tech, technical officer?
1: Fluffy. It's a fluffy yeah. comment. It's,
2: it's a perfect like, word for
1: it. I just feel like I'm, like, fluffing the cotton, you know, just punching up the pillow. <laughs> it's, <laughs> been, it's just what I really like, so it's like, you know, he's just... You know, massage the pillow, getting ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course, I'm not going to pull the games. So that would be very weird. Obviously, we've seen um, Microsoft's history with Mojang and what they did with Minecraft. Um, I will have you guys note that Minecraft Dungeons did come out on PlayStation 4, obviously on Nintendo Switch as well. And, of course, both X- the Xbox and PC. And it just uh, got so-
0: cross-platform for everything. You can yes. play with PlayStation people now on Minecraft Dungeons.
1: So there is a precedent to be skeptical. But at the same time, like kind of as Dustin was saying, why wouldn't they want some of these next gen games to be exclusive? Like, there is definitely a world where the next Elder Scrolls is exclusive. It's just the reality of what it is. And of course, like as we've all noted several times at this point, is that they don't want to comment on like what that's going to be because it sounds like those plans are just not set in stone yet. But I don't see, you know, you you wouldn't see another publisher or I guess another one of the big three getting a big studio like this and then not making something of theirs exclusive. Like why would you not do that? So that's, that's part of acquisitions, right? Um it's business. Yeah. And I think maybe there's a chance one of them will be on all of the consoles, maybe like a year later or something. I don't yeah. even think so. that, I don't even know if they would want to do that. Um, but I, I think I just keep looking at what they do with Mojang and, and give it that perspective. But the way Minecraft is established is different from other games, I would say. Yeah. And so I could see why they'd be willing to have that on other platforms.
0: Because Minecraft is a platform. Is a platform. Yeah.
1: Yes. Though Minecraft Dungeons is different from that. They did still publish in other places. So there's there's just a lot of... This could go a lot of ways, but I would err toward it being more exclusive than not.
3: Yeah if we if we take our personal feelings out about exclusivity and all that think of it from a business perspective right Microsoft spent billions of dollars to acquire this company, they're going to leverage that as much as they possibly can to bolster the Xbox platform. That's just what they're going to do business-wise. Now, if Sony wants to play nice and figure out some way that they come to an agreement so that like Starfield is able to launch on their platform day and date with Xbox, I'm sure they're going to be having those conversations, right? But they have tremendous leverage here by Mm. purchasing this major studio. So, I think it's going to even the playing field and i think that's going to be a good thing for everybody in the long run
0: brandon where do you sit with this
2: <clears throat> i'm kind of already tired of talking about this because <laughs> there's nothing else to say that we haven't said already outside yeah. of a few new uh let's call them crumbs of information uh coming out of quotes uh i will say you know when you boil the whole thing down to the core of it destin's 100 right they bought a studio or they, they bought a publisher <laughs> Uh, They are going to leverage it uh, the best way they can to uh, find success on, you know, their ecosystem, on their platform. Um, The interesting things to me from this new quote is sort of timed exclusive. It's the better experience or best experience. Those are all like sort of subtle nods at ways that they can really leverage this to their favor, whether that means, um, you know, I mean, one, they own it, right? So they're, the marketing deals are already there. They're, they're not even marketing deals. They'll just advertise for for Xbox. So you've already got that in the bag, right? Elder Scrolls Six looks best, plays best on Xbox Series X. Regardless if that's true, that's the commercial that's going to happen, right? Yeah. Bless you, Miranda.
1: Thank you. Excuse me.
2: Um, outside of that, uh, you know, First tells me, you know, timed exclusives are definitely on the table, I, I, I think we all kind of saw that coming originally as well but what it really tells me is bethesda is going to sell a lot of xbox series s's for microsoft because if we do go the timed exclusive route and elder scrolls, then elder scrolls next i can't say that elder scrolls 6 uh is a timed exclusive for the series x waiting a year or dropping a couple hundred bucks uh a few years after the console's already launched so you might be seeing price reductions there already um dropping a couple hundred bucks on a series S and a game pass subscription means you can play elder scrolls six tomorrow. That seems like something that is not outside the realm of believable for a lot of people who aren't in the Microsoft infrastructure already. So, um, you know, I could see time exclusives work to Destin's point. Again, if you're leveraging this to do the most for your business as possible, I think not selling like completely omitting a platform is silly in the long run. Um, Having said that again, totally understand the idea of exclusivity, but a timed exclusive with then coming to PlayStation a year later or something seems maybe like the best of both worlds in that situation you know you you drive you drive purchases to the series s and game Pass and then you know you open it up to the other platforms who you know aren't interested in joining the Microsoft platform and that's not that's not to even talk about the fact that you know we saw that report about the whatever it is, the Chromecast for Xbox or something. Right. And we had joked a lot about doing some sort of like web browser-based um, Game Pass solution for the PlayStation if they didn't want to play ball and allow that app on, on their platform. <laughs> so, you know, that that doesn't even account. Like there might be a solution next year or the year after where you drop 100 bucks on an Xcast or a Chromecast or whatever it's going to call it, plug it into your TV and just play through xCloud that way. So... I don't know. There's there's a ton of different possibilities. There's a ton of different things they can do. We're not gonna know anything until Bethesda's ready to talk about Starfield, which I believe is the first one coming. Um, and like what if what if
3: Starfield's an MMO and that only launches on Xbox? I, I don't I don't necessarily you think Starfield's an MMO? Well, no, I'm just saying hypothetically, because like Final Fantasy is still a PlayStation centric platform and it's also on PC. Let's say Starfield's an Xbox centric platform and it's also on PC because of Game Pass. You know, everything comes to Xbox and PC. The idea that they would be losing out on money just doesn't hold water with me. It's like saying World of Warcraft lost money because it never launched on a console. That's just ridiculous like it made billions of dollars and it continues to make billions of dollars and has for its entire life cycle so there is a reality where yeah okay you have i don't know a five million install base of xboxes that are able to only play bethesda games right and it's even more if you go backwards so they have this massive install base do they need sony to become profitable absolutely not no not at all what is what is sony going to bring to the table to
2: sweeten the pot enough that they're like yeah okay let's play ball I don't even. I don't even think it's Sony needs to bring something to the table. I think it's looking at another distribution platform. It's why games go on sale, right? Because you miss the you miss the window to buy it at full price. Um, fervor or excitement about the game has started to do its natural decline over time, and so you put it on sale and you see spikes in sales. Yes, you're not getting the full price for the game, but you're still converting sales. So, looking at other distribution platforms after the fact. Um, like a year there, out yeah yeah it's just a smart way to you know open up another stream of revenue for something that's already had its time in the sun and to, to your point about world of warcraft you're absolutely right a game as a service is a different product than a video game right i mean yes they they're both video games but a game as a service is something that's intended to keep you here for a long time so i totally agree if starfield's like an mmo it wouldn't make well, sense no, I don't,
3: we don't think it is there's no yeah, no no I no think but hypothetically a hypothetically a game as a service is an example which have honestly since destiny not done well so
2: yeah no i know it's 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 hard it's really hard these days we saw with marvel's avengers we obviously saw with you know with anthem it's really hard to sustain a game as a service um so it would make sense unless crossplay is going to become the ubiquitous thing. We all hope it is. It would make sense to keep everyone in one location, right? To to keep them in your ecosystem. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, my take on this I, is it's it sounds to me like they're going to aim. They're probably going to do a hybrid model. That it's yeah. There's, it's going to be different situations for different games. But here's the, here's the thing. The when I think about this. I could see it going in one of two opposite ways. I could see Microsoft keeping the big stuff like Starfield, like Elder Scrolls six, like doom three, whatever, you know, three (laughs) eternal, whatever it's going to be. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. Please can not undo that now. (laughs) That happened. But you know, that kind of stuff, I could see the big, the big triple a stuff being exclusive T- totally exclusive to Xbox platforms and PC and never coming to PlayStation. And then the smaller tier stuff um being multi-platform or timed exclusive. But I could also see it the opposite way where the smaller stuff is never sees PlayStation. Yeah. You got, you know, these cooler, smaller things, you know, like again if it weren't already signed on with Sony, like the, the Ghostwire Tokyos the death loops of the world. And then the bigger stuff is the timed exclusive that that eventually does get to multi-platform. So I could totally, I feel like there's a case to be made either way, you know, you for you to either keep the big stuff on Xbox and, and spread the little stuff to other platforms for, a, you know, when you know that there's, it needs more chances of success or the opposite. So we'll see what happens but this story continues. It's certainly not going to go away anytime soon. And, and as, uh, as either Destin or Brandon duly noted, the, the acquisition doesn't even go through until early next year. So we've got, we've got a long time yet to, to track this story. Uh, all right. I think finally this week, real quick, uh, Halo Infinite. We haven't heard from it for a little while, but it seems we are going to hear something soon. 343's community director Brian Gerard who by the way goes all the way back to the Bungee days. I've, I know Brian well. He's a great guy. He went on Reddit and posted this. Quote, full disclosure, we don't have anything planned for the game awards, but are hoping to offer at least a high level update within the next few weeks so we can kind of restart this journey together after the holidays. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little surprised. I thought 343 would really lay low after the way everything went and the delay and the we don't know when it's coming out i thought they would lay low until the game was totally rock solid pretty much ready to go and then they would they would go from there Are uh miranda are you surprised at all that that microsoft the 343 and uh, is going to start talking a little bit here soon
1: not really i think so far what i've seen from their game plan after halo 5 it's to be sort of transparent with like saying hey we are listening to here are the things that we're going to do here are the things that we are doing uh and i think they needed to make that statement just because i mean i don't know about you guys but i kind of felt like a little hole in my heart without having halo infinite launch i was just yeah, like oh we man did. i could be playing a new halo right now <laughs> oh man but so, so it's it's sad to not have that when that was something we were really expecting. So having some news to kind of, I guess it's, it's weird to say it just continue being excited for what halo can be is really important to me. Like if we didn't hear anything for the rest of the year about halo, I'd be really disappointed. Um, I just want to know what's happening and like kind of get an estimate to what they're feeling. If it's going to be a lot longer of a time for development or if it's just, you know, early next year. So I think, getting that gauge is really important rather than just waiting until it's done.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm excited that they are going to be talking and I, I hope, I look forward to hearing what they have to say. But yeah, I'm a little surprised. Destin?
3: I think it's going to be uh, multiplayer focused. I think that's what they're going to talk about because a lot of people are curious. I think multiplayer, yeah. its you get a little bit more forgiveness than they do with the campaign. I think there's an expectation with a campaign reveal like the one that they showed. And uh, that, that's what I think it'll be.
0: I think you're right there's Is there, there's no yeah there's no yeah. expectation set yet
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah it'll that's
2: be a, that's uh <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that's, you might, you, i think you might be on to something there so uh as soon as brian and the the team at 343 are are ready to, to talk we will eagerly hear what they have to say and on that <laughs> note let's move to the loot box Kellyac 13 if i'm pronouncing that username correctly uh, has a thought on Avengers, which Destin just mentioned, and sort of the the ex- content exclusivity strategy uh, and, and how that may affect things going forward. Go ahead, Kiliak13. Hey, guys. Love the show. And my question for you is regarding games as a service. You mentioned uh, Avengers that reportedly cost Square Enix 60-something million uh, due to not selling very well. And I'm wondering if, on top of all the glitches and such, uh, the fact that there was a lot of PlayStation exclusive content that got announced before launch, including Spider-Man as a character, if that may have had a significant impact on that. And I'm asking that because you know maybe that's a sign that this is not a nice strategy to go for. It certainly works for PlayStation, but it didn't work at all for Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics.
4: So what do you think about that?
0: Thank you very much. What a really interesting, that is a very thought-provoking loop box question there. Destin, you are a, an expert on this genre, uh, and I want to go to you on a, on this one. What do you think here?
3: Me and Miranda. Miranda plays D2 in the the, the shared world shooters. Um, I, I don't think the issue was the Spider-Man exclusivity. Well, we had a really negative reaction to that, and I think the internet largely was like, don't do this, Destiny did this, and this was bad. Why are you doing this again? I don't think that's what happened. I think I think Avengers had a, a pretty solid campaign and the problem actually lied in with their, um, what do they refer to these games as now? Games as a service model. It just wasn't compelling to grind through the same, because like, basically it had the same problem that Anthem had. There were very few ways to power up. In Destiny, they at least had multiple avenues for you to power up, even at, la- at launch. But then you would hit the raid wall to like hit that cap, and the raid is super difficult, compelling content that was aspirational. In this, it was literally like just do one thing over and over again, and uh, everything felt very samey, and there just wasn't enough variety there. So I don't think the Spider-Man exclusivity was the issue. I think it was more just the gameplay model, personally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think as much as I would like for for Kiliak there to be correct because i would love for the industry to go yeah you know what maybe we shouldn't do that stuff anymore i just feel like avengers and and i mean no disrespect to crystal dynamics but it just seemed like it never connected people with people right from when it was announced it just seemed you know it never kind of hit well and they they never seemed to sort of find that spark the way that a destiny did or Mm. on the other side of like the marvel side like a like spider-man ps4 did so uh we'll see yeah we'll see if, if publishers keep doing this stuff going forward all right we've just got a few minutes no left. one else
3: gets the comment
0: and that's how this works And i know people, final some word people like, Gary. Do you think? just keep why are you why don't you just keep talking forever it's like well unfortunately it's just production is a thing and we have to adhere to the rules sometimes sometimes we break the rules but just every now and again
2: pick your battles
0: (laughs) exactly right yes brandon uh so we'll do a a quick rapid fire unlock block trivia here we won't really talk about it much but this this is not only an excellent question from uh rick bostian but uh, a very timely one given that Mm -hmm. the series x and s have just launched he asks with the series s and x out now people have uh cross-generation gaming on the brain with that in mind these four games appeared early in the life of the 360 while also having original Xbox versions. So we're going back a couple generations here. He says three of these games were nearly identical across the original Xbox and 360 generation, but one was practically a different game on each respective system. So was that totally different game Gun, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie, which yes, was its correct title, Good job, Rick. That was uh, that's that's ace right there. What a title! That's Ubisoft for you. Uh, <laughs> Splinter Cell Double Agent, or Tom uh, Tom Tom Hawks American Wasteland. That's Tony's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. So three of those were basically just the same across either those of those Xbox generations, but one was like a different game on each system. Uh, I. I know this one. I'll be curious if you guys do because I I lived through this uh, very vividly. Miranda, do you know this one?
1: No. take a shot. I was small. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna work through this, all right, with the power of deduction. I love
2: I love these, this part of the of the question. Go 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 go. I'm dying okay, to know. So
1: gun, cool name, very straightforward. I want to know what that game is. I have no idea. I was just like gun. That's really your name? Okay. <laughs> you
2: said it You said it like oh I had God. a question mark. <laughs> gun?
1: Yeah. Um, and so then the other three, you would expect to have some sort of parody across platforms. So I think it's got to be one of those three. It's not gun. Gun solid. Gun knows what it's doing. It's one word. Um, but I think... It says these. what it
2: does, and it does what it says. It guns.
1: <laughs> of these other three... I'm kind of torn between B or D. Okay. And I feel, I mean, obviously someone's out there. they like, I know this answer. She's wrong. But we're going to go with Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Okay.
3: Uh, Destin, do you know this one? <laughs> I don't know it. I think it's
0: D and I'll go with D. Okay. So agreeing with Miranda. Brandon, how about you?
2: I actually, this question terrifies me because I have played all four of these games and I don't know it. That good. Um, what's that?
1: Was gun
2: cool? Gun was actually really yes, cool. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. 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 Like Bulletin. It, it um, the closest thing I could think to it these days is like Call of Juarez Gunslinger what? from 2013.
1: I remember this. I remember what that.
2: It was okay. cheesy though. Sorry. Well, Gunslinger wasn't cheesy. Get out of here. Call of Juarez is a little, there's a little, yes. Call of Juarez, The series is super, <laughs> super cheesy, especially three cartel. Don't play that game. But gunslinger is very, very good. Like it's very good. Um, Anyway, can I also just say that I would play the hell out of Tom Hawk's American wasteland. I feel yeah. like it's Tony's cousin from like Jersey, you know, four kids. <laughs> he works in hazmat. He's just a blue collar oh, dude trying to get through wasteland yeah yeah <laughs> it's his day starts at four you know <laughs> uh all right, we gotta, think, all here. yeah yeah, yeah. i think summer. it's i think i don't want to follow the crowd so i'm going to say b peter jackson's king kong the official game of the movie because i do remember that game had a bunch of crazy stuff in it like fire and like spreading fire and then there were some other some other features that were in that game, game. as well and i it, it actually was surprisingly good yeah. But I don't. I don't remember if one of them, similar to how Nemesis System wasn't on the 360 and it was on the Xbox One, right. um, so I, I I think it might have been a situation like that. But I honestly have no clue. Uh, also, an easy 1,000
0: achievement points. All you got to do is finish the game. That's yeah. it, and you'll get all 1,000 points. Well, uh, Brandon is up two points on both Miranda and Destin. It is nine to seven to seven. Mm-hmm. And there will be no update to the scoring this week. Because the answer was Twitter was cell double agent. <laughs> uh, Ubisoft, Ubisoft Shanghai did the 360 version, which was the lead SKU. But secretly, the better version was the original Xbox version, which was like the same story. You know, if you just basically handed the same design doc and outline to two mm-hmm. different teams, they would come up with two different things. And that's what happened. Ubisoft Montreal did uh double agent on the original xbox and it is regarded as the better game and they are very very why did i say tony hawk
2: i can't believe that's an actual (laughs) thing that's basically Uh, like a game of telephone but with development budgets yes that's insane to me
0: great job stumping the panel uh that is an excellent question if you've got a trivia question email it to me unlocked at ign.com and with that we've got a roll for Miranda, Brandon, and Destin. We will be here next week. It is our uh, Thanksgiving holiday week here in the United States, uh, but we're here for the first half of the week, so there will be a podcast next week. Join us then, and in the meantime, happy gaming.